Hallelujah. God, we thank you for who you are. I'd encourage you right now, just take a moment and really, really think about, think about the lyrics of that song. We've sang it a hundred times. We know every lyric, but have we, in the last few minutes, really thought about that? Without his sacrifice, I wouldn't have a way. Without him, I, I couldn't have joy. I couldn't have peace. I couldn't have the love of God in my life. But he made a way where there was no way. And for that, we ought to give him thanks one more time. Oh, we thank you, Lord. <laughs> you deserve glory in the honor. You have made ways where there shouldn't have been ways. You have brought testimonies from trials and situations that were beyond our control, but you saw where we were. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Brown, the worship team, for leading us into the presence of God here tonight. Amen. I will be eventually turning to Genesis chapter 13 and verse 18. I heard Brother Walker only needed 10 minutes. So 11.50, I'll stop and then we'll... Just kidding. I was, I was thinking, Pastor, he asked me to share some things that I, I learned throughout this year. And I got married. So I've got a lot to learn. <laughs> One thing I I did learn is that I cannot live without Claire Elise. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but I, I did think about, and I, I will get to Genesis chapter 13 and verse 18. You guys can be seated for a minute. I thought about the last year, year and a half, two years, here in a couple months, it'll be two years that things have felt a little bit like a roller coaster. A lot of ups and downs, right? And I thought back to this one day that was not at all like right now or the next 24 hours that we are getting ready to face here in the great white north. It was like 85 degrees. Some of you are like, amen. It was, it was a hot day, the kind where, I mean, I was, I probably weighed about what I do now, but I was like this tall, just painting the picture of a very large young child. So, I, I mean, it was just, if it was hot, I'm sweating all over the place. and It's just a hot summer day. And where else do I find myself but the amusement park? Has anybody here ever been on a roller coaster? Well, I hadn't. I'm just a kid from Africa. 
like, we don't have those over there, at least, uh, you know, where, where I live. And I was with my cousins who were begging me to get on this roller coaster ride. Begging me. I mean, Alex, do it. It'll be something. No. No. It's not happening. I know, Sister Brown, you don't like roller coasters. Sister Claire hates them. She, won't, she will not get on a roller coaster. That's kind of how I was. This is not a message to try and convince you guys to go to Six Flags. But they finally convinced me to get in line. And I get in line terrified. It's just hot. And eventually we make it on this ride at Kings Island in Ohio. Great place for roller coasters. And this was a wooden roller coaster that was very popular as of recent, and I didn't know why. And so I wait until we get strapped in to the roller coaster with my friends and my family. And my cousin leans over and said, you know somebody died on this a couple months ago. My first roller coaster. What would you do? <laughs> I mean, I was already scared out of my mind, and they were not lying. There was somebody a few weeks prior that had not put on the seatbelt, that had not made sure everything was tightened, because they had the intention, because they thought they could do it. They were going to jump off. So I held on with everything I had. I didn't see a thing because my eyes were closed. But I learned a, a life lesson and a principle that day that I've since heard. But it's that typically the only ones that get hurt are the ones that get off before it's over. Typically the only ones that end up with injuries are the ones that get off the ride before it's over. And if there's something I've learned this year, it is that we are to keep doing what God has called us to do. It is that no matter what we face, I'm going to... I'm going to hold to God's unchanging hand. No matter how difficult it gets, no matter how challenging, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the world faces, man, I'm just going to hold to his unchanging hand. Because every time I've tried to jump ship, it hurts. But there's a day coming. I know we had Christmas last week, but there's a second Christmas coming, and that's the day I look forward to, amen, amen, so that is, that is what I've learned in 2021, and I've learned, I've learned a lot of things, but just keep doing it, keep serving the Lord, keep learning, I guess I'll have you stand one more time. You can be seen. I'm just kidding. We're working off the Christmas cookies. I was at the gym the other day, and this guy goes, I, I gained 15 pounds. I don't know how it happened. Christmas cookies. Genesis chapter 13 and verse 18. I won't be long. 
It reads, Then Abram, everybody say Abram, removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron. And what did he do? What did he do? He built there an altar unto the Lord. I'm going to try and show you guys in this story why that's significant. And you've got a choice to make. You can either choose your view or choose your altar. Let's pray one more time and ask the Lord to speak to us over the next few minutes. Lord, we thank you for your presence that is in this place. We thank you for the opportunity to come together as a church family tonight and celebrate the year that we have had and to celebrate the things you're going to do in the year ahead of us. But right now, God, I pray that you would use these lips of clay to speak your holy and anointed word. I pray, oh God, that you would speak clearly to those that this word is for. That you would minister to every heart and every mind that is open to it. We've come to bless your name. Everybody say in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. If you're familiar with the book of Genesis, you've probably, like me, started a lot of reading programs and not finished them. But Genesis chapter 13, we read of a story of Abram, later known as Abraham, and Lot. Somewhat like an old western where they come to the, the conclusion that this town is not big enough for the two of us. You see, they had been blessed with such abundance that they couldn't stay where they were and keep all they had. You see, they both had servants. They both had cattle. They both had sheep. But they did not have the same intentions. Eventually, they realized, we're not going to fit here. You see, Abram was Lot's uncle. I don't know about you, but my uncle's typically not going to be like, yeah, you go ahead and pick first. He's like, I've been here longer than you. I'm going to do what I want to do, and you're going to suffer the life of a child, and you're going to die. But Lot takes the initiative, doesn't give Abram the choice of what land he would like to pick. Because honestly, it didn't quite matter to Abram, as we'll find out in a moment. He told him, if you take the right hand, I will take the left hand. If you take the left hand, I will take the right hand. Abram, he had, he had everything he needed. Because he knew he only had one thing to do whenever he first got to where he was going. Scripture says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And yes, Abram had an incredible amount of possessions, but his treasure was laid up in heaven. And if your treasure is here, your heart is here. If your treasure is in the promised land, then your heart is in the promised land. If your treasure is at the end of the roller coaster, you'll stay on the roller coaster. 
So he says, go ahead, Lot. I'll take what's left. I don't have to have the nice plains of Jordan because I don't want a good view of Sodom. I'll take whatever you leave me. I just need enough space to make an altar unto the Lord. In Genesis chapter 13 and verse 12, it says that Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. You will end up where you are looking. You will end up living in what you're looking at. What you position yourself towards is where you are going to end up. I've never seen an army that marched like this. I've never seen a marathon runner. There's a finish line in mind. There's a place that you want to go. And with Lot, after he had chosen to pitch his tent towards Sodom, you will find out that 18 verses later, he is in Sodom. And we wonder why, like, we let a little sin in our life and we end up just living a life of sin. We give the devil a little bit of our victory and suddenly we have no victory. But in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 18, we must look back and find out what was it that Abraham did? Because Lot, Lot, he, he pitched his tent first and he wanted to make sure he had a good view. And you will either have an attitude of Abraham or an attitude of Lot. Lot was always looking for whatever was best for him. But you can't set your sights on sin and settle in heaven. But if you set your sights on heaven, you won't settle in sin. The simple point that I want to make here tonight is that Throughout this portion of your Bible, you will find that Abraham, every time he seemed to get somewhere, he would make an altar unto the Lord. And what I want to leave with our church this year and encourage us to do into the new year, I found it absolutely amazing a few weeks ago as we witnessed our pastor, what seemed like a joke at first. We could pick up our chairs right now and just go over there. We could pick up the tent and go settle somewhere else. And it, it blessed my soul after seeing how much work had been put into this building, this beautiful place. That people weren't really, I mean, we were kind of like, people are going to come in and point out what's not done and not ready yet. It blessed me to see how as soon as we walked through those doors, it seemed like everybody just came to the altar. 
It seemed like everybody understood the first thing we're going to do is build an altar unto the Lord. The first thing we're going to do whenever we enter into this new building, it is, it is not about what our sights are set on. We're, we're, not just, we're not just praying for some plan, but prayer is our plan. Every time we enter into the house of God, we want to build an altar unto the Lord. Why? Because we want to be known as not like Lot, not like the one that led his family into a place of sin and torment, but the one that decided, I will build an altar unto the Lord. I will build an altar unto the Lord. So just as we started from the very first service, I want to I encourage you every single time you enter into the house of God. This is different for us. We're not used to the, the beautiful, amazing, perfect sanctuary. As we heard many times, that, you know, we're, we don't want to wait till we get that building to have revival. We're here. Now what's our excuse? In your altar that you're building, who is it that you're planning on teaching a Bible study to? In the altar that you're building, whose name is written there? Whose soul do you desire to see saved? Not in 2023. Not, not maybe next New Year's, but how about, how about January? Who's, who's the person that you're, you're looking to reach? I promise you it's, it's not going to happen just because we got a good looking tent now. But it's going to happen because you choose to build an altar unto the Lord. You look at the story of Lot. We don't have time for all the details. He's coming out of that city because God gives him a second chance. They had one instruction, don't look back. What does Lot's wife do? We find portions of scripture in the New Testament where it says, remember Lot's wife. They had an opportunity to enter into a new season, just like each and every one of us do tonight. A new year. But because, and the music can come. Even though, even though she had made it out of Sodom, Sodom had not made it out of her. Even though she had made it out of a world of sin, the world of sin had not made it out of her. And though we might be in a new place, in a new location, and the season is changing in your life, don't carry those things, but leave them at the altar. I believe if they would have built an altar unto the Lord, they wouldn't have ever been in that mess. If you would, why don't you stand with me? I believe that they're going to sing another song before Brother Walker comes, and I believe that God is going to speak to our church. So if you don't remember anything from what I had to say here tonight, remember to stay on the roller coaster because 
You don't want to end up like the guy that went on that ride a few weeks before me. But you want to finish. Remember to build an altar unto the Lord. Every day. Every chance you get. Because that's where God, that's where God would hear his people. That's where God would take their sacrifice of worship. And we're a church that worships together. If you would, whether whether you want to just pray right where you're at or lift your hands, I want you to commit to the Lord right now. What are some things I need to sacrifice so that I can make room for that altar? What are some priorities I need to get straight so that I can have a consistent walk with the Lord? I desire to be a part of the revival happening at the refuge, but I can't do it if I try to carry these burdens and these weights. And I'm so concerned about the future. I'm so concerned about what I'm headed towards. I'm just going to build an altar and give it to the Lord. For just a few more moments, church, why don't we, why don't we talk to the Lord? God, we desire for you to move in our lives. We want to establish the very start of this year that we're getting ready to enter into that we will worship you. We will prepare a place for you. We will enter into your presence desiring you and you alone and nothing else. Oh, in Jesus' name. Mercy and grace will wind me again. 
sanctuary can say that and actually mean it that Lord without you God I don't want a heaven without you but truly God you are everything that I desire and everything that I need it's a beautiful place to be in when you desire the Lord more than anything else on the face of this planet if we could just one more time if we could just lift our hands and let's just glorify our God and our King. Father, in this moment, we want nothing more than your presence. We want nothing more than your word. God, everything that encompasses you. Father, we desire that. Oh, Father, we even be so careful. You are a God of patience. And the word says that patience maketh the man perfect. And if that's what's going to give me more of you, Lord, I ask for it right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is kind, isn't he? The Lord is kind. Amen. As you take your seat, why don't you tell someone, there's nothing I desire more than the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Brother Perry, uh, we, we appreciate uh, the message that you brought forth today. Amen. Tonight, I should say. You know, as, as he told that story uh, about, you know, not getting off the roller coaster too soon, 
Uh, and it reminded me of this past weekend. I was able to take my kids to the Mall of America, and they have an amusement park with roller coasters inside. And my son, he's, Josiah, is too small to get on uh, one of the rides, in which it was just me and him. And so uh, the lady at the ride, she told me that I would have to get on with them. And unfortunately, because the train was so small, it wouldn't get past my belly. And so, Brother Perry, I, what do you do when you can't get on the roller coaster? We're going to praise God anyways. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Uh, I'm not going to start at my verse today, uh, but I will uh, let you know, inform you that <clears throat> Matthew 5 and 16, Matthew 5 and 16 is what I will be reading from. And so as I, uh, like Brother Perry, have reflected over uh, this past year, 2021, you know, thinking about primarily COVID and uh, vaccinations, one of the things I've learned uh, very quickly, uh, which uh, it, it kind of caught me off guard, is that when you give away free money, uh, people don't want to go back to work. And so we've seen that this nation is suffering from a shortage uh, of employees, of people who just do not want to work because they've been giving something that was free and now it almost does not have a value. But that is not exactly what I want to talk about today. Uh, as I briefly, I asked my wife, I said, babe, what did, what lesson did I learn this year? Uh, and she said, just always listen to your wife. That's what you learned <laughs> this year. I said, amen, amen. I will always listen to my wife. Uh, it is somewhat correct because uh, one of the main lessons that I learned this year is it's not always what it looks like. It's not always what it looks like. Me and Brother Perry, we didn't get together on this message today, but I start even in Genesis 13 uh, in the same story of Lot. This individual, Abraham had gave him the option to choose wherever he wanted to go. And we find that Lot, because he had already been to Egypt, he chose Sodom because he says it's well watered like Egypt. He says, Sodom, it, it looks like Egypt, the place that I've been. And matter of fact, the Bible, Lot, he calls it the garden of the Lord. But as we go on and continue in that story, Pastor, we know that as beautiful as the city may have been, it was the last place that he wanted to be. It was not what it looked like. It was a place that was full of fornication, and we find that the Lord had destroyed this place. Again, it's not always what it looks like. I had the opportunity this year to travel to a few major cities, Orlando, Miami, Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, again, Chicago, and Minneapolis. And many of these trips that we went on, it was my responsibility, it was my job to choose where we would eat at. And me, when I got to these cities, it just amazed me when I seen these fancy restaurants. And the restaurants were just so decorated, palm trees outside of the restaurants. I had never heard of these restaurants. And so I said, babe, we're going to that one right there. I know because of how it looks. 
I said, the food is off the chain. Can I talk in my vernacular? <laughs> and lo and behold, I almost had to repent. Because it was many nights my wife and I, we went to our hotel room and she was dissatisfied with the restaurant that we had went to. And I had chose that restaurant because of how it looked. I chose it because it looked as if they served delicious food. Again, one of the lessons I learned in 2021 is it's not always what it looks like. But if we can go to my verse today, Matthew 5 and 16. The Bible, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Again, let your light so shine before men. Let your light shine, refuge. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Another lesson I learned and traveling into these major cities was the power, the effect of lights. Every city that I went to, I enjoyed the city more at nighttime than I did in the daytime. I remember driving to these major cities during the day and looking at the skyline of these enormous, gigantic buildings but it was at nighttime when these buildings were lit up that I just really enjoyed it. My wife would take pictures. I would almost get in accidents looking at the skyline, looking at the different lights while I was driving because I was so fascinated at what the light did to the buildings. And I asked myself this question, I said, why does the city look better at night than it does in the daytime? And I was reminded that our light shines brightest in darkness. See, the light that God has given us, it shines its brightest in the darkest hour. <laughs> and some of you may be looking at this generation and you may be saying that this is a generation of Sodom and Gomorrah. But I want to tell you that the light that is inside of you, this is the time for it to shine. This is when Christ looks the best. This is when people will see you afar off and they will wonder what is inside of you. Again, the Bible, it says, let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works. I want you to understand that the light is not the good works. It says, let your light shine so they can see the good works. See, your light is your holy lifestyle. Your light is your pure conversation. And as you worship and you walk in holiness, what happens is God illuminates your spirit. He illuminates your soul that people will see that light. And when you do good works, Bible say they won't glorify you, but they are glorifying him in heaven. They will glorify our God in heaven. See, we need to do a better job at getting people 
to hear this doctrine that we teach in this place today. And it's going to require for you to have a light. When I was in Chicago, and I mean I was in the raggediest part of town, there was a convenience store that I almost stopped at simply because it was decorated in lights. I wanted to go see what was inside the store because of the Christmas lights that decorated the place. I wonder how many people want to see what is inside of you, where you go to church at because of how God has decorated you with his light. Again, let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. Again, these are two lessons that I feel that God has spoken to me this year. It's not always what it looks like. And the power and the effect of light. As I end there, I actually want to talk about, if you don't mind, Pastor Brown, something that I believe the Lord has laid upon my heart uh, going into uh, 2022. And so I don't know uh, if you watch some of these preachers as I watch, but many times this, this New Year season comes and they want to uh, give you an idea of the meaning uh, of the year. And so I don't know what it was last year, but going into 2022, uh, I looked up the meaning of 22, you know, just to see if it would give us some direction of what may be happening this year. Now, I really don't believe in this, but this is what all the other preachers do. And so I looked up and I, I looked up the number 22 in the Bible and it meant double disorder. I said, hold up. Lord, I'm going somewhere else. We're not doing the numbers this year. We're not doing double disorder. So, But how many of you have already made New Year's resolutions? We find that in America that 88% of those who make New Year's resolutions, they fail. Some of those top resolutions are losing weight, learning new skills, saving money, and quitting smoking. These are the top resolutions made here in America. But believe it or not, New Year's resolutions, they didn't begin here in the Western culture, but they began in ancient Babylon over 4,000 years ago. It was during this time that people made promises to their gods at the start of the year that they would return borrowed objects and pay back their debts. This is what a New Year's resolution started as. Again, they would make promises to their gods, their false gods, at the beginning of the year that they would return borrowed objects and pay off their debts. We find that ancient Rome, that they also established the practice of New Year's resolutions in 46 B.C. And like the Babylonians, the Romans, they also made promises of good conduct to their God who had two faces. And what they would do is they would make offerings unto this God with two faces. And they did this because they believed that this two-faced God symbolically looked backwards with one face to the previous year and with one face he looked ahead into the future. But despite the historical religious roots of making promises to God, we find that today many people, including myself, we make resolutions this time of the year 
focusing only on self-improvement. In doing so, we typically write down a number of goals that we wish to accomplish before the end of the year, and then we call them our New Year's resolution. But as I began to pray and speak to God about these things, I felt in my spirit on yesterday that God was saying that 2022 will not be a year of setting goals. I need you to hear me clearly. A goal is simply a future result that someone has envisioned. He said that 2022 will not be a year of setting goals, but he said for the refuse church, for Christopher Walker, that this will be a year of making commitments. See, a commitment is the state of being dedicated to a cause. See, you can have a goal and not be dedicated to it, but there's no way that you can make a commitment and not be dedicated to it. See, with a commitment, there is no option to quit. But with a goal, you can quit and start it over next year. See, we find in the Bible that there are some very highly profiled men that committed their lives to Christ. One that I think of is Daniel. This man, he committed his life to prayer to the point he says, if I have to die, I'm going to continue to pray the rest of my life. I'm not going to allow anybody to stop me from praying. And I wonder how many people in this place today that as we get ready to go into 2022, that you won't just make goals, but you'll say, God, I want to make a commitment. I want to dedicate myself unto you. See, we have an example refuge. We have someone to follow after. We have an individual, brother, that showed us how to commit. His name is Jesus Christ. In Philippians 2 and 8 it says, And he being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. Uh, what does that mean? He committed himself. He became obedient unto death. He was not going to allow death to stop him, even the death of the cross. And as the music comes at this time, I want to pick up right where Brother Perry left off. See, God, when God made commitments to his people, what God did is he made covenants. He made a covenant between himself and the individual we even find in the Bible that because his word is so powerful, he didn't have anything to swear on but himself. But God has made commitments with you and I. That commitment is in the form of a covenant. We find in Genesis chapter 12, God comes into Abraham and God makes a commitment, a covenant with Abraham. He says, I want you to leave your country. Get away from your kindred. Get away from your family. 
He says, I'll make you a great nation. And we find that Abraham, the way that he agrees to this commitment, Brother Perry said it, Pastor, he built an altar. He built an altar. Noah, a righteous man on a planet that was full of evil. The Bible says that when he got off the boat after being on the boat seven, eight months, Bible says that he took of the clean animals. He made an altar and sacrificed unto God. I think it's plain and simple today. God wants us to make an altar. He wants us to build an altar. I wonder if we could stand at this time. I would that you would begin to consider not just setting a goal going into this new year, but that you would make a commitment to God. See, commitment is staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. See, motivation is what gets you started. But commitment is what keeps you going. I want to make a commitment tonight. We're not going to physically take bricks and rocks and build an altar. But I believe that as we symbolically come to this altar that has been built, I believe that we can make commitments on this altar tonight. And I believe that God will honor that commitment and that he will bless you and that he will bless us. 2022, it's not a year of goals. It's a year of making commitments. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in this place today. If you could just worship with me for a moment. Oh God, you are so worthy to be praised. Oh God, you decided to shake hands with such lowly people. People who have sinned. You've agreed to shake hands with us. Come into covenant with us. God, some of us have broken previous covenants. God, we've committed ourselves to things in the past and yet we seem to fail, but I thank you for your mercy and your grace here in this sanctuary tonight, God. But I pray right now that you would allow your spirit in your presence. God, that it would just flood this place. God, remind us of your loving kindness and allow us to begin to make commitments unto you, Lord. God, we want to commit our lives unto you tonight. We want to commit our works unto you tonight. Our finances, God, in the year 2022, God, we want to commit all of these things unto you tonight. God, we want to give you the year, commit ourselves unto you. Oh, God, let us build our altar. Let us build our altar.
these mountains can be 